0: Hi everyone, this is Simon Snouder. Welcome to my podcast series. I am going to invite thought leaders where we can all benefit from their knowledge. This is an addition of the Masterclass series and the content that I share on my website and social media channels. Powered by Radical Thinking. Welcome, Professor Christian. I'm so glad that I'm having you here today with me. For the people that are listening, Professor Christian is a very well-known marketing digitalist specialist in the industry, and he has his own company. He's CEO of ESD, and he is also an author of some very knowledgeable information that he has written in a book about marketing.
1: Thank you, Simon. Uh, always a pleasure uh, to see you again and uh, pleasure to share some, uh, some idea with the audience.
0: I'm so glad that you're here with us because I want to know everything about you, Professor Christian. Uh, first of all, I want to know who are you, where do you come from, where is your family, what's your life story, basically?
1: There we are. How many hours we have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I know that it's going to be only one hour, so we try to, to squeeze the information as much as possible. Now, Professor Christian Farioli from the country of pizza, which is Italy, we we'll say Egypt or China. And uh, I've been uh, launching and uh, running digital marketing campaign for the last 18 years, so since 2003. And that's, uh, I actually ended up in Dubai 15 years ago. So in January it's gonna be my 15 years in Dubai. Wow. And uh, I love it always because this is the, the place and the country where you can do whatever you like. And then there are no tax, so that's always good. And I find out that there are a lot of companies that they need my services, so that's even better. As well, uh, in my second life, uh, I also teach digital marketing, and uh, for the last uh, nine years, almost ten now, I've been teaching for the Digital Marketing Institute in Forma, Middle East, and also Price Waterhouse Cooper Academy. So I can say that uh, I keep myself quite busy, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I saw that you were an expat before you came to do.
1: I lived before in uh, Ireland. Before that, no, sorry, I lived in Spain. Before Spain, I lived in Ireland. Before, I lived in uh, in um, in San Diego. And uh, before that, I lived also a few, I mean, few months as well in uh, in Spain again. So I'm actually outside of Italy since 1999.
0: Okay, wow, that's that's quite some time. That's that's more than 20 years now. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, and when you grew up in Italy, uh, where did you grow up? In the north, in the south? Uh, how was that?
1: I'm actually from uh, a little city near Milano, and the city is called Busto Arsizio. That's a very complicated name <laughs> for everyone. Probably you pass by my hometown uh, if you land in Malpensa Airport, and you go to Milan. You pass my, my uh, you pass by my hometown, but uh, that's where I grew up. With I was studying actually in Milano, and. Uh, uh, and that was uh, nice, good old days where uh, your parents pay for the bills, uh, you just need to enjoy the life, uh, study a little bit, uh, and that's it. Yeah. Then I realized that uh, Italy is a beautiful country, but not so beautiful when I wanna make business. And that's when I realized that uh, when I wanna go abroad and, uh, and I start my, my, my journey of changing country every few years until I land in Dubai and realize that this was a place that I wanna stay for a very long time. And indeed, I'm, here. I'm still here. <laughs>
0: When you arrived in Dubai, because you, you were already an expat, uh, you lived and studied in, in Spain, in, in Ireland, and the U.S. Did you realize that you would be here 15 years at least?
1: Actually, uh, the funny thing is that uh, I was here once in holiday yeah. with my parents. Actually, it was the Easter of the year 2000. And I still remember it, because they recently launched the Burj Al Arab at yeah. the time. And this was a crazy, crazy country. I already noticed that this was an unbelievable city with potential. And then at the time, my, my mother asked me, so do you think about Dubai, Christian, do you like it? And I say, look mom, this is a crazy place. I need to finish my university. I need to build myself a curriculum. I need to learn to speak proper English, and then I'm gonna be back to Dubai and I'm gonna make myself rich. <laughs> this is what I told her in uh, the Easter of the year 2000. And actually my mother said, what, are you doing crazy? Are you going to come here in the desert uh, working with Arabs? What? But my father, that at the time, was was uh, was very was looking forward. And he told me, look, Christian, if you stick with your program, you have my blessing, keep going. Yeah. And my mother, no way, you're going to stay away from your mom. Yeah. No way. I'm yeah. also the only son. Like yeah. an amazing Italian mom, the only yeah. son. It's yeah. not going to be easy. Yeah. But, uh, but my father would say, look, keep doing it, stick with your plan, and, and that's it. Yeah. and that's exactly what I did so seven years later I come back to Dubai for good with a one-way ticket without any job because before I was working for Oracle the big database company I mean it's, it's a Fortune 500 company and I decided to quit and take one-way flight to Dubai Yeah. again my parents they were thinking that I was crazy to leave uh, like a corporate company like that but I say I need to go to Dubai and that's it I took one-way flight I land here and I look around and I think after only seven years, so much has changed here. Wow! And, uh, and the rest is history. But obviously, I love you this would place talk every year more.
0: Yeah, we would talk about that, like your journey, how you build up your brand, your establishment, being becoming an industry icon. Uh, so your mother, out of out of curiosity, asked you that question, not knowing what she started. Exactly. <laughs> um, how does your mother look at this now? Oh, because, because it's been uh, some time since since you moved and since he asked that question Uh, she's clearly happy and she's proud of me
1: so every time uh, she talks with her friends about what i'm doing what i'm achieving so obviously she's happy but initially whenever you change country it's never easy yeah initial part there is always a lot of uncertainty and uh, your parents are never going to be sure about what are you going to do and uh, but that's exactly the same thing when I did when I when I went to Ireland before. Exactly. I took uh, one way flight to Ireland and I say, look, uh, in Italy, I'm happy, but I need to find my own way. Yeah. And then in Ireland, I start looking around, looking for a job. And after a couple of months, I couldn't find any job yet. And when my parents, they, they were asking me, so how is going? Have you find any job? And I say, not yet. Yep. I am keep doing interview, but not yet. And yep. then they told me, so what are you going to do if you don't find a job? And then I say, I'm going to find a job even as a waiter. I don't care she a waiter no way you are an IT engineer from the best university in Milano you cannot be a waiter said, mom I wanna follow fulfill my my career and I need to learn proper English etc cetera, etc cetera, so I will do whatever it takes no 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 you cannot you can come home anytime I say don't worry mom I'll figure it out yeah and then a few months later I found a job in Oracle and just about going up, but basically I stick with my plan, yeah. even against my parents, even with the uncertainty of my friends that were telling me, are you crazy? You go to Ireland doing what? How old were you at that time of your life? When I went to Ireland, it was the year 2003, actually, 2002, 2003. So actually, uh, I need to calculate, that's quite <laughs> a long time back. <laughs> so better not to say, otherwise we will see how old I am.
0: Okay, so it was 2003, 2004. Clearly, you had a drive in yourself to, to explore, yeah. to conquer, or to gain new experiences. Yeah. Was that always there when you were younger, or was there something in your... Great question. Actually, it was not. Uh, I started getting
1: into that uh, when I decided to go to study six months abroad. So I've done what's called the Erasmus project. Whenever you are uh, studying in any university in Europe, yeah. you can go and study six months to one year abroad. Yeah. And then at the time there were only two options connected with my university. So there was either uh, a city in the north of Sweden or Valencia in Spain. And then Valencia, I of course. And I choose Sweden. Cold. <laughs> I have no idea about Swedish. Spain. Warm. I have no idea about Spanish, but I can pick up much easier. Yeah. Then I choose for Spain. And after six months, I I went back to, to my university, yeah. and uh, they saw that I passed all of the exam, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then they asked me how was the experience in Spain. I say amazing. I yeah. passed all of the exam. I had uh, I learned a lot of stuff. I learned one new language. I learned a new culture. And then you know what? I want to come back to do the other six months. And then even the, the Erasmus uh, project coordinator was a little bit shocked. Say, but you have already done your Erasmus. It was a six months project. Say, yeah, but I want to come back to do six months more. Finally, I convinced them, and I come back to the other six months. <laughs>
0: and then again,
1: that time I realized that my life was never going to be yeah. going on in Italy like it used to be before. Yeah. And I, I mean, when you start traveling, you discover that there are so many differences between cultures mm-hmm. that because of the preconception, because of your parents, your education, you always thought that you were right and everyone else was wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at somebody in Germany... The, the, the typical uh, preconception is that they all drink beer, yeah. which is true. Like in Italy, there is a preconception that everyone eats pasta and pizza, which is true. Yeah. But it's nothing good or bad. It's just because we're different. We grow up in different cultures. And when you start uh, growing and living together with completely different people, then is when st- you start realizing how beautiful is mankind. And then you realize that you, you, you don't want to go back uh, yeah. in your own little village. Uh, you feel that it's too small for you anymore. Now you need to to be in a place uh, so open with people for any kind of culture, any kind of idea, and that's uh, when I realized that uh, I will
0: never come back. And this is hard to explain to people, right? Because in your mind, the door has opened. You have seen this new world, but for the people back home, they did not have this experience. They see the same person, they have the same relationship, but at that point, you cannot... Connect anymore.
1: So it's like uh, you have been seeing a black and white all of your life. Suddenly, you discover that there is color. Yeah, and it's gonna be impossible to explain to your old friends, which are still see black and white, how it is this world that you see in color. Yeah, and uh, because I mean, even if you go in holiday and you spend one or two weeks in holiday, it has nothing to do with uh, living in a country for a while. Yeah, because in holiday you just see the what's the hotel, the resort they are prepared for you, but you still see things. Uh, as as your own, as from your own country. But when you start living together with other people, other culture, etc., that's when you you open up your mind in a crazy way. And you discover that there are exactly people like you. There are
0: no difference. Yeah, and then you meet other Of course, experts. maybe they eat different yeah. stuff, they
1: drink yeah. different stuff, they pray different God, but again, everyone is happy about everyone else. Yeah. As soon as you're good with everyone, everyone is good with you. And uh, that's how you enrich yourself. Uh, so that's why I think that uh, it's definitely such a great uh, opportunity that my parents allow me to to, to travel uh, to study abroad etc and then they they also they were not complaining too much about having their only son living abroad uh, in uh, and changing country every now and then especially since now I'm like six hour and a half from Italy yeah so sometime I now uh, my father unfortunately passed away five or six years ago sorry to uh, my mother now sometime they visit us uh, so he's happy to see uh, so she can play with them, etc. That's. Uh, but again, I try to convince her to move her also here. But then she see that uh, her life is there. You Being cannot her take family you with her friends, take. with her things. Uh, yeah, is uh, no, it's uh, Not gonna be easy.
0: I have an Italian client, and his mom comes here three or four times a year for six weeks in a row. Yeah. And, and he said, I, every time I try to convince my mother to come with me, she said. I have my village, I have my supermarket, I have my people. <laughs> I will never leave them. Exactly. Yeah, I can visit you as much as I want, but I will never leave my home, yeah. home place. Yeah.
1: yeah the, our uh, parents' generation, they were more uh, uh, connected to the roots, uh, yeah. to, the, to the place, to the location, to the traditions, uh, which in, in my generation, we, we got used to travel and yeah. we're not so attached anymore to the, to the, to the old traditions.
0: But still there is a connection between the old generation and the new generation because you can have a common ground, which is that you both meet here, you are an expat, you, you're, you're, your mom is living back home, but here you can have a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Now,
1: I mean, right now with, uh, with Emirates Line connecting every country of the world, yeah. it's so easy to take a flight and go wherever you need. I remember when I was a kid, it was like a big deal to take a longer flight. Like I remember many years ago when uh, with my parents went on holiday in, uh, in New York, in Miami. It was yeah. a very big deal. Taking an international flight. I know. Going in a different continent was a very big deal. Remember right that in the classroom you go. needed
0: to talk about your holiday experience? Yeah. Did they do that with yeah, you yeah, as of well? of course, of course. And then some kids went abroad and yeah. could tell it to the whole classroom. Yeah.
1: And then I... Uh, Always the the preconception of uh, hey, what's happen if you feel sick, what's gonna happen? You are abroad. Yeah. You don't have your family doctor. What's gonna happen? And then you realize after a while that there are so many doctors, so many hospitals. No difference. I mean, you're not going to to a country with uh, with no hospital at all. No, you're you can Google to... a doctor. <laughs> exactly. You <laughs> don't need to be there anymore. Yeah. That's basically what's happened. Uh, that's. Uh, it's interesting to see how how life changed and how life progress after uh, year.
0: So, from, from be, when you became an expat, you, you started to discover new places in the world, and then you came to Dubai, and first you worked for a company here, right? Yes,
1: initially, I mean, I came here without any job. And actually, the funny thing is that uh, uh, a very old f- friend of mine was also coming to Dubai, but from Italy. Actually, I was living in Spain. Yeah. So I took one flight from Spain, and my friend came from Italy, and we arrived at the same time with the idea to spend one week together because he came here for his company okay. and then he was spending one week in the, in the hotel uh, for for the exhibition of his company and i was staying with him so to say just for the first week just to just have a friendly face to start yeah then he was gonna leave and i was gonna be alone and on the way to the hotel we i mean i was shocked to see how much dubai changed in just seven years because i say i was here in the year 2000 for in holiday two weeks and then I booked for good in 2007, and I saw a completely different city, Even shades Road was different, so many new buildings. At the same time, my friend asked to the taxi driver, hey, do you think that my friend is gonna find a job uh, here? And the taxi driver looked around and say, look how many buildings they are building. For sure they are gonna build some office and somebody's gonna give you a job. I said, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good start. And then, uh, and actually after uh, when my friend left, I look around a little bit better. I start meeting people, a lot of lovely people. And then one of them told me, look, there is a, a real estate sales and marketing training organized by the Dubai Chamber of Commerce. And then maybe it's gonna be nice for you. I was thinking, we got a special price uh, and then you can you can even do it. So yeah, that's nice. So I can see that there are so many things under construction here. At least I'm gonna understand a little bit what's going on. And then I went straight away to go to the training. And I was surprised when I met people when they were asking me, so how long time have you been in Dubai? And I would say, actually, I'm here only four days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, four days? Wow. I
1: arrived yesterday. Oh, I'm here one week. Wow, one week. You are the, the oldest person. So it was common to see people that would just arrive. And I was thinking, that's, that's a great place. And then in, uh, in the sales and marketing, uh, real estate sales and marketing training, I met the, 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 the professor, the trainer that was teaching from uh, from Netherlands, I still remember him, uh, John Posun, very very nice guy. And then he, he shared this idea about Dubai real estate growing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then realized perhaps real estate it can be a good sector to start. Yeah. Even though I'm an IT engineer, I was working in Oracle in sales. Mm-hmm. Why not real estate? Yeah, in a city where everything is booming. And uh, and and uh, before the end of the training, I was having a chat with uh, with the professor, and he told me, I saw that you are smart. If you have one month, month and a half to wait, I'm going to be the sales director of a, of a new real estate company. And I would like you to have in my team. Wow. Say, so, that's amazing.
0: You got a job offer in four days. Of course.
1: And I say, of course I can wait months, months and a half. Okay, I will take a little bit of break. I will uh, just see the city around. Then I'm ready to start. At the same time, I got surprised how many job offer I got.
0: I in, in that six weeks time. Yes.
1: I was g- just going out meeting random people, and they were told me, oh, I have a real estate company, why don't you work for me? I'm saying, oh, really? Like, and I was thinking, to join Oracle, it took me four months of interviews, yes. and here you meet people on the cafeteria and they offer you a job. <laughs> and I say, what's going on? <laughs> and then I realized, let me wait a little bit longer, and then I decided to start with, uh, with John, because yeah. uh, he was the guy that I realized that he was very knowledgeable, and uh, I started working with him. After uh, one month, and we were working actually for a company in Deira that uh, used to be owned by by two Iranian uh, business people, and uh, and after one month, John came to me and said, "Christian, I have an information only for you. I'm gonna leave the company." And I was thinking, "Okay, I wait like month and a half <laughs> to, yeah. to come here, and then you're you're leaving." And then he told me, "But you don't know that you're. Uh, I mean, I got a job offer from Al Habtour, so it's a massive." Uh, company here in the Middle East, and, uh, and he told me, I want you to be my head of international sales. Wow. Awesome. wow. From zero <laughs> to head of international sales for a tour in one month.
0: That's this John, he's like moment. Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> I'm still in contact with him. Now he's back in the uh, Netherlands. He's, uh, he's uh, taking care about his mom that is a little bit old. I'm still in contact with him. Very, very lovely guy. And, uh, and that's when I start uh, then climbing the ladder of real estate. These were, we call it the good old days, where everyone was getting crazy. Everyone was selling, launching, uh, commissions, money coming right and left uh, until the financial crisis hit. And then we saw a lot of people that they had to leave the country because they couldn't afford the, the lifestyle, they couldn't afford to pay the, the checks, etc., etc. But that was uh, basically the way that I start uh, in, uh, in Dubai to, to make some money.
0: So when you joined Alhab Tour, which do you remember which year that was?
1: 2007, beginning of 2007. So it was a okay. mean crazy, crazy, crazy real estate yeah. uh, time, where I was averagely selling a couple of apartments per day, wow. of plan. And how long did you stay there? Uh, I was uh, two years or something like this. Uh, I became then also the essays director. Then, uh, unfortunately, for a tragic accident, Mr. Jamal Alhab owner uh, of the company. In one of his uh, trips, uh, uh, he passed away in a, in a car accident. And then I started working for the cousin, uh, for Rashid Alaptur. And Then I was uh, the international sales director, and I was there basically for another year or something like this. Until then, the financial crisis was so bad that basically the real estate was completely paralyzed, and I decided that it makes no sense for me to, to, keep, to keep running in a real estate where there was no demand whatsoever. Nobody was even considering buying anything.
0: So, for the people that don't know what happened, can you just quickly explain how crazy it was and how how suddenly it dried up the right. whole river of deals?
1: Right. Actually, the funny situation is that uh, in UAE we didn't had the knowledge about what was going on when Lehman Brothers collapsed and all of those banks in US, etc. Yeah. there were no knowledge whatsoever. And I remember once that even when uh, people start flying out of Dubai, because they have credits, they have debts, uh, they have loans, they have mortgages, and they they cannot afford them. They lost their job, they cannot afford what they do. They left. But again, in the local news, there were not many news about it. So, and I remember one day, I went out uh, with a group of uh, people that they organized. Uh, They were launching a new uh, yacht charter company just to rent a yacht to business people that they need for, for events, etc., etc. And they invite me as, uh, because I was the sales director of a lab tour, and then they told me, look, just, it's going to be an event. It was a weekday. I don't know, if it was Monday or Tuesday, something like this, normal weekday. So in the afternoon, and we were in a yacht in the middle of the sea with a lot of business people, sipping champagne, drinking and, drink, and uh, eating lobster, filet. Life was good. With the chef uh, cooking, etc. Suddenly, my mother called me at the phone from Italy. And I say, hello, mama, how are you? And my mother say, are you okay? Yes. Yeah, Why? yeah, yeah. Why? I say, yeah, because I'm watching in the TV that all of the managers are leaving the city and are flying out, uh, and they abandon their car in the airport, and they are running away. And I say, are you in trouble? I say, no. <laughs> and my friend look at me and say, what's up? Christian, has anything happened? And I say, guys... My mother say that uh, in Dubai there is crisis and people are running away. And everyone started laughing at me. Come on! And I honestly had a glass uh, of champagne in one hand. Speaking with my mother, I said, Mom, to me it looks like everything is okay. I don't feel yeah. anything. And actually, oh, 10 days later, the snowball effect hit Dubai big time. Then is when oh. everything got completely, completely crashed. Wow. I was actually in the car with one of my clients that bought one full floor of apartments. He already paid, already done. And then he was in the car with me, and he got a call from his bank. And the bank asked him, please, we need to send 4 million euros to one of your suppliers. Can we send him only 2 million instead of 4 for now? And he got shocked. And I said, my bank just asked me if they can send half of the amount for some reason that I don't know. On Christian in Italy, said, don't ask me because I'm here I, I don't know what's happening in Italy and that's again, the snowball effect uh, hit every country in a major way but yep. obviously Dubai was not uh, so pleasant with people that they own money yep. because the law is very strict you have a post dated check if the check gets bounced you go to jail until you don't pay the check, so it's very simple you cannot lie or cheat, etc and that's when uh, people knew that and instead avoid the risking to end up in jail what they did many of them they left. just went to the airport many of them they had to rent a car they left the keys on the windshield some of them put a note i'm sorry but i cannot pay the debts and they took one-way flight back home wow this was the like 2009 something like this 2010 that was obviously a sad situation but then again the city recovered then again so we went up crazy crazy for real estate total crash people running away, and then start slowly, slowly, when we hit the rock bottom, then start recovering slowly, 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 and it's been recovering for quite some time. Yeah. Until some time, they announced that Dubai won the competition to get the expo. From that moment, I still remember, it was September, boom. Again, real estate prices and the economy start going up crazy, like 20% in a matter of a couple of months. Then the hype of Expo is coming, start fading a little bit, because, okay, we know that Expo is coming, now, now what?
0: Now we'll yeah. continue as normal, we, right? we got a big sign saying seven or six years from now. Exactly. Remember on safe side. Exactly, forward. exactly, exactly. Then you think,
1: okay, now amazing, the Expo is coming. but There are six years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not going to be tomorrow. And then the interest starts fading a little bit, and again the price starts going down a little bit. And they start fading, 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 and they were keep going down slowly, 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 until the first quarter of this year, 2021, when we knew that Expo was coming, was getting yep. close. So the big PR machine of Dubai start pumping information about Expo, and boom, start going up again. Now we are on uh, Expo started. Yeah. Also, there is a Christmas. We saw that the tourism uh, it's uh, reached the top. Uh, uh, we know real estate again. It's uh, Back in business uh, now nobody knew what's going to happen after the expo yeah obviously next year there's going to be as well the, the sustainability uh, meeting uh, with all of the countries uh, just to, to set the pace for the for the future of uh, of, of humanity actually about sustainability so there are a few few still good plans that uh, they tie to dubai in in the global uh, in the global map and, uh, and i believe that is still going Stuff going on, so I don't expect that it's gonna plunge again. But possibly after uh, Expo, there could be some correction
0: that's expected. And and when you realized that the party finished in real estate when you were working in Al tour, you needed to reinvent yourself. What did you do then?
1: Actually, true. Uh, Even before, I mean, when I was in Oracle, so in two thousand and three, I realized that the company technology advanced like Oracle. They are not doing much to help generating sales. Okay. The sales were done the old way, like from a visit to clients, account manager, salesperson, telesales, telemarketing, old school, without using any technology. And I realized you have something so powerful like the internet. I mean in two thousand and three. It was just burst more or less the internet bubble, but still internet was something big. Yep. And companies were not utilizing it their advantage, aside of the fact that they were just building websites. And I realized, a lot of things can be done. And I started researching online, and I started launching some campaign in Oracle, and I was getting clients, I was getting sales. And I mean, I was thinking, that's great. Wow. This is something worth exploring more. Yeah. And in Dubai, even in real estate, I was still doing it. When I asked all of the marketing department of the company I was working with, even a lab tour, can we do something about online marketing activity and they were told online internet you are crazy nobody buy properties online total waste of time and again what I did I took my own credit card since I was a sales director I had a very big salary and again I was launching and pumping campaign on my own without telling anyone so and that's how I was getting sales for me and for my team for me it was was something that again worth exploring it one day, I remember that uh, my wife received an email from somebody inviting us to an event that was about digital marketing and social media. That was like uh, 11 or 12 years ago. And then I realized, that's interesting. It's interesting that in Dubai, they're organizing something like this. And we went. And then I got surprised because all of the speakers were not from the Middle East. They were from US, Canada, UK, Australia, etc. And then my mind exploded. I realized this is what the type of things that i have been doing yeah for the previous five years or seven
0: years i, I saw the opportunity i took it and they are talking about exactly. it exactly and these yeah. things is called digital marketing because yeah. in my way
1: it was called i don't know i was a crazy guy doing crazy things so that get sales
0: for you it was a a way to get results yeah
1: yeah how to get more sales online yeah. this is how i used to call it yeah and <laughs> then in, uh, in, 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 in Initially, and uh, and then I realized that there are more people doing the same things. And this thing is called digital marketing. And that's why I jump into it uh, full force. I, I spoke also with the event organizer at the, at the end of the training. At the end of the sessions, it was a full day. And then he told me, yeah, I see you are smart. Let's keep in contact and uh, let's have a chat sometime. And then in the next event, he asked me, look, we're going to also have a small gathering. Because you're doing some of these things, you, can you also share your things with uh, with this with this uh, small group and say okay? And I thought it was just like a chat, and in fact it was kind of a small conference. And I was a little bit uh, shaky, a little bit surprised because I never spoke in public in my life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but then it looked out that uh, they enjoy what I was saying, the idea that I had, etc. And the event organizer he told me, look, I think that you are talented for for these things. Uh, in the next time when I come to Dubai, prepare some little presentation because uh, I like you to speak also in uh, with a little bit bigger audience. I was thinking, public speaking? Me? Are you crazy? I said, oh, you're talented. You have a fun Italian accent. Uh, people are going to enjoy. I said, OK, if it's meant to be, let's jump and let's try. And then in the next event, I go there. Luckily, first, at the event, it was in Bahrain. So I went to Bahrain, and uh, the audience was maybe like three, 400 people small wow again i was saying i'm in bahrain
0: if yes I, it's not my hometown
1: big, if i screw up big time <laughs> they're never gonna remember me and never gonna show up again it's fine yeah 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 and yeah. actually they love me they love uh, what i have to say my presentation i put a lot of funny stuff in it and then uh, two days later we've done the same in dubai in uh, daktak the, the big amphitheater inside more of the emirates yeah uh, there, there were more than 700 people in the audience and i was like wow, that's big stuff. Yeah, double the
0: amount as what I did before. And, it's and it was Dubai. my second time, exactly. Yeah. Or third time.
1: And then at the end, when uh, it was the time to vote the, the best speaker of the event, they vote me. I was thinking, there is something wrong. You're <laughs> like, definitely not where's the, best, the camera? Where's the yeah, joke? I'm definitely not the best, but because I was having my own way to explain things. Yeah,
0: maybe you were engaging. I also
1: knew the audience. Because people coming from US, uh, from UK, from Australia, they use uh, American jokes, Australian jokes, English jokes, yeah. that here in the Middle East, sometimes they don't understand them too much. Of course not. And they use the American slang, the California's slang, uh, which here, people, they, they were, I saw in the face, they were looking like,
0: mm, okay. Yeah, being politely you know, yeah, like agreeing with, with all the jokes, but, but that's you, you found content and you found a way to communicate with the right yeah. audience.
1: And then at the same event, uh, I met uh, what at the time she was the director of the Digital Marketing Institute, the highest authority, the biggest entity, teaching digital marketing.
0: And it's, she was there as well? Or? She was
1: She was just uh, watching the, the conference.
0: Okay. And then after
1: the conference, she approached me and said, "Kristen, you, uh, you have talent for, for public speaking and teaching these things. And she, she was telling me that she's running the Digital Marketing Institute, and she asked me if I if I may be interested in uh, working part-time as one of the professors for the Digital Marketing Institute. And I was thinking, that's a new thing that hit me. <laughs> like, I've never done anything like this, and suddenly I got asked if I can teach digital marketing. And I realized in my life, I never like the standard way of teaching, the standard way of going to the university, listening to the professor. Yes. I find it uh, not engaging, uh, not interesting, etc. And I thought... I can do my way, maybe, maybe. And then she told me, "Of course, we give you the slide, we provide you the presentation. You need to deliver it your own way." And I say, "Perfect." I said, "Let's try." We try with one session, and then again, everyone loved it, and that's it. And this was ten years ago. So that's why, for the last ten years, I've been teaching uh, so many different people in the Middle East, mostly. Sometimes I travel even uh, in different countries. I've done so many conferences, more than 80 conferences as a speaker in, uh, in four continents. Even I went to Africa, US, uh, Silicon Valley, to Thailand, uh, Europe. Uh, actually, just uh, two weeks ago, I was in Spain to do a session again for, for a larger company there. And uh, I was in Amman uh, a few weeks ago. So I keep myself busy. Obviously during COVID, it was only online. Now it's back uh, in real life. But I realize that this also is fulfilling. Yeah. Because with my digital agency, I handle clients. I generate clients online for them with my team, et cetera, et cetera. But then it's with the teaching, that I
0: feel myself much more fulfilled. And, and as a speaker, what were your top three biggest moments for you personally?
1: Right. Actually, the number one ever, ever, ever was uh, uh, probably two and a half years ago where I was speaking at Houston. NASA, so this is crazy because you think that's, I mean, when I got the call from the event organizer, I was thinking that it was a joke. But then the event organizer got recommended to me, I mean, sorry, I got recommended to that event organizer by another event organizer and then I uh, realized no, that's, that's true, that's real. So, of course, I, I accepted and uh, one or two months later, I took the flight and I went to, to Houston, etc., for, uh, for this big event uh, and that was no limits because when you realize that even a company NASA, still they're still looking to get something more knowledge about digital so nobody knows everything in this world yeah, the, everyone learn from somebody else I learn every day from somebody else, from yeah. other people, from other online from other uh, things, I research stuff on my own, I create stuff on my own but it's a global community of, uh, of learners and uh, in, in the digital field which is something huge and growing uh, on a daily basis, so this was my big number one moment and of course, every conference for me, it's interesting. When I got asked uh, to to talk about uh, artificial intelligence, uh, big data uh, to, in oil and gas mm-hmm. to ADNOC, because I'm also one of the professors of the PwC Academy, that again was another big moment. I think that's also a big responsibility. To teach AI and big data in oil and gas for ADNOC, the largest uh, oil and gas company in, uh, in UAE. And also not to a normal individuals, but to the top 30 leaders, mm-hmm. the top 30 Arab Emirati leaders of Adnoc. That was a was a very big, uh, a very big moment. And then I was happy that at the end they all loved the session, etc. So these are the type of uh, things like uh, to challenge myself to to the level that I couldn't expect,
0: and then go on. Yeah. So speaking with NASA, speaking with uh, being a speaker with. Uh, And what was your third personal biggest moment?
1: I mean, probably not as a speaker, but also uh, with my agency, when we got uh, uh, some specific clients, let's say, I mean, just at the beginning of COVID, uh, two years ago, we got uh, also Coca-Cola as a client. We also got uh, another largest ICT company of Saudi Arabia. Uh, So when we get a company like this, then we realize that, I You're big a big player job, now. Uh, yeah, exactly. I start uh, my agency in, in the year 2010, actually 11 years ago. Before having my agency, initially I was doing a freelancing job. And I got a larger client even as a freelancer because it was v- at the very beginning of digital marketing.
0: We will get there. We will talk about your company and more in details. I just want to uh, first um, just jump a little bit back to, to NASA because they have one of the smartest people in the world. What did they want you to add value to them? This was about digital transformation,
1: which is one of the topic that's uh, a buzzword for the last few years. Everything is about digital transformation. You go to JITEC's exhibition in Dubai, and you see that uh, even we're selling toilets. They say that we do digital transformation for your organization. I mean, it's a buzzword that everyone is using it. But in reality, the, the probe, there are few methodology to follow exactly what the t- digital transformation means. It's not about, I'm gonna sell you this mobile phone and I call it digital transformation and I sell you more. There are methodology to do that. And, uh, and that of course, uh, every different methodology has his own plus and minus. So large organization, they need to know, they need to instruct their manager to be ready for it. Because every major organization, it's like the Titanic. Yeah. Very strong very solid, very rigid, but we know what's happening. When you crash the iceberg, we know what's happening. Everybody goes time. down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it takes time to shift the bearing. Yeah. It's not that you see the iceberg, oh, we can change direction. So you cannot tomorrow. do that last minute. You cannot do it. Yeah. Okay. So a company like Nokia, in yeah. two years they went from having 60% of the global market to bankrupt yeah. in two years because they couldn't see their iceberg, yeah. which was Apple at the time. Yeah. So a company that was good in doing Software and computer they beat the company that invented GSM forms. Yeah
0: Actually NASA does need to step up that game because they are outsourcing now to SpaceX and to Russia when it comes to uh, space uh, Programs yeah, but um, I I also saw a post where you were at the Google at of course, I was also in, uh, yeah. in Silicon Valley. A yeah. few days there, yeah. that
1: was also another amazing things. And uh, and then again, because of uh, the power of internet and social media, I went there because I had few engagement, few few speaking gigs. And at the same time, when I, when I landed there, I started shooting some live, uh, f- some Facebook live, yeah. on the street, walking yeah. yeah. on the street and shooting some heartfelt Facebook live. And then I got a few of my. Friends or connection or colleagues or somebody that connect me with others, and they told me, Look, and there is this guy that is there, there is this guy that is there, etc. etc. Let's have a chat. And I discovered actually one of my university uh, friends that I was quite close with him. But then again, you change country, you change life, nobody knows what's what's happened later. And then he sent me a message, say, No way, are you here? And actually, he was working in Google. Wow. <laughs> and so, and we met, we, had a, we, we went out for a pizza. Actually, I was so happy because he had his, uh, his first baby. So we were celebrating also his baby that was born a like, few, few weeks uh, before. And uh, it was lovely just to, just to see how much we are connected with people uh, through technology, through digital. Uh, that uh, that's, that's
0: really means something. Absolutely. And when you started your company... We're going to talk more about that, because it's, it's it's an important part of your life now. You don't work anymore for companies. Um, you're not employed anymore, you're self-employed. Yes. When did you start your own company, and how was your process as a startup to to grow to the level that companies now, like Coca-Cola, come to you, which normally go to very big marketing agencies? Yes. But in the beginning, I'm sure that well, it was not as easy as it yeah. is now. Yeah. Initially, the big things when you start your own company
1: is that you come before as an employee of uh, a big name behind your shoulder. Yeah. So you are safe, because you have the big name behind. When you're on your own, the big name disappears, and then you become so little, so small. And you need to convince people that what you're doing is right. And they don't trust you at all. So starting what the same, person that you used to know, then what I call it the chain of trust. You trust me before when I was working for a big company, now that I don't have the big company anymore, you trust me because you trust me before. And then start getting some clients that then they were happy, they introduced me others, they introduced me other, they introduced me other, and like that, basically as a word of mouth, uh, uh, the, the, the ball start rolling. Then again, it was never easy initially. Also, it was the time where nobody knew digital marketing. Which year was it that you started your company? I mean, my company in 2010. But actually, even before starting my company, as a freelancer, I was taking company anyway. And this was the time where it was not really required to have a license. So initially, you were just doing some, some little job here and there, they were paying you money, and that's it, there was no problem at all. Then of course, I realized that this is something big, it's something that is getting traction, so it makes sense that I open my own company, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I did in 2010. But again, so many big clients, they were afraid to do digital marketing. They were not sure. Oh, social media is for kids, Facebook is for kids, it's never gonna work. We are a serious group, we cannot uh, do these things. And, uh, and then again, the more I was hearing these words, the happier I was. Because it means that I had so much head start.
0: Of course. Once
1: everyone else realized how big these things is,
0: I'm already five years ahead. And you have personal experience because when you were reasons. Oracle, you did your own thing, when you they were at Tour, tour. yeah. I realize how
1: powerful this thing is, and uh, there is no question that it's not going to work. It is going to work, of course. But there were no community about digital marketing, especially not in the Middle East. In Europe as well, was ages behind. So the only country that was uh, somehow ahead was U.S., because the biggest company were in the U.S.
0: Yeah.
1: But again, that uh, was too far. <laughs> there was no connection. That's one, uh, when uh, suddenly, finally, the market started growing up uh, in the Middle East, then again, I I was on top of the mountain, because I was not doing only this for seven or 10 years before, but I was also already teaching it for a few years. I was the one, that, at a certain stage, I remember that I got uh, asked to do a training uh, for a certification entity, and I was uh, teaching uh, university professors I was teaching them digital marketing, and I was certifying them to be able to teach digital marketing. That was my third moment when I realized that, oh, I hit big. Yeah. When I'm the guy teaching university professor of universities in the Middle East, certifying them to be able to teach digital marketing, that's when I realized that I hit big.
0: Yeah, that These are fantastic milestones, and uh, I mean, you, you're like... When you're so passionate about what you're yeah. doing, you don't realize sometimes how fast you're going yeah. until you are at the moment in your life. You're like, wow. And you is don't this realize happening? how much you
1: work because sometimes uh, I, I check the time uh, and I, when I go to bed, uh, and I realize that I've been working 16 hours in a day. Yeah. That's when I realize that, wow, I'm definitely passionate about it because yeah. uh, to spend so much time into something and not uh, into your family. Now, luckily, I have my, my family <laughs> always with me. But I mean, when you spend so much time, uh, sometimes working, uh, uh, you miss out other other things uh, that are also important. But again, that's
0: uh, when I realize that
1: again, that's my life. Uh, I cannot do. I cannot see myself doing anything else. Sometimes I start some other venture, some other venture with uh, with other people. But again, my role is always going to be digital marketing because in uh, I remember every entrepreneur go go through the idea of oh. You have a nice idea, let's do it. And at the same time, he has a nice idea, let's do it. Somebody else has a nice idea, let's do it. So you ended up doing a lot of different activity, a lot of different companies, but without focusing too much in any one of them. Yeah. And that's how most of them, they fail. But in my case, I realized, what's the problem of that? That everyone doesn't have any focus on a specific topic. In my case, the topic is digital marketing. Whatever activity we're going to do, I'm going to be in charge of digital marketing. Don't ask me about operation, don't ask me about managing employee, hiring or taking care about the product. That's not for me. I'm the guy that takes care about digital marketing with my own team uh, and whatever is required. I'm going to hire, etc. And that's when I start uh, also getting every now and then involved in some, uh, in some startup. And uh, one of them that uh, we pre-launched recently and now we're going to launch uh, next year soon, which is a neobank. bank. Basically, it's, uh, it's like a normal bank, but it's 100% digital. So this is the type of activity that requires a massive amount of uh, brain power and effort and a very strong team. And, uh, and then I believe that we're going to do great because it's uh, it's one of those activities that's...
0: Uh, it's new, it's exciting. It's new, it's
1: exciting. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy challenge yeah. because uh, I am one of the uh, the mentors as well of uh, Dubai Future Foundation and Future Academy, etc. And uh, when I met... Uh, founder Amir he told me I'm gonna launch a new bank I said okay this kids has <laughs> has a skill but it's uh, going to be only digital <laughs> exactly and that's why I like the idea and a few months later he asked me would you like to join the team uh, I, I met the other team members they were all very very qualified very capable and very strong
0: and I realized why not
1: uh, so sooner or later you will heard about Jingle Pay because it's
0: Looking we, forward. We got a massive
1: uh, wait list of users and, uh, and I are just waiting the final uh, approval from the, the financial authorities just to, to be officially, officially live.
0: Yeah. And, and I want to talk more about projects that, you, that you're working on. But before I uh, go there, I also want to know a little bit more about your journey as a professor. Um, you have talked about your journey as a speaker on stage, how it started from accidental yes. <laughs> being asked to becoming yes. popular and, and, and asked, being asked more and more and more and then word yeah. of mouth and then you went all over the world to, to uh, fantastic places. And then there was the process of, of this great fulfillment of, of teaching to students, yeah. being a professor. Yeah. So, so you said somebody invited you during the event to become um, a professor first. And, and what happened? during that course to where you are today. Yeah, so
1: I still remember uh, the, the director of the Digital Marketing Institute, Mary Mulcahy, that she was the one that spot me in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, and then I realized that when I was teaching those, uh, those people, I mean, they were not only kids, they were also grown-up men. Uh, some of them already was working many years in marketing, but they want to learn digital marketing. Some of them, they were students of the Master in Marketing of the Halt University, and after that... They wanna learn digital marketing. So there was a bunch of different people. They were also entry-level. They wanna learn digital marketing. And realize uh, what potential there is in this field uh, and how many people they need to know this and wh- how big is the gap? Because we think that a lot of students, they finish the university in marketing or master in marketing, but they don't get enough skills about digital. And realize what how big is the gap? because every organization needs somebody that knows enough digital.
0: Yes, of course. And if if you know how big the gap is, you know how your uh, knowledge sharing, your, your your educational tools need to play into yep. that amount of yeah. of knowledge gap.
1: And sometimes I still met uh, students or people and they told me, Christian, but you are running your own agency for many years and you're also teaching people" The, the things that you know.
0: You're teaching your new competitors. Exactly. <laughs>
1: but I say absolutely not. Because even if I teach you, I know 100. Yeah. You know only one. At the end of the training, you get a good maybe 30, 40%. Good. So your knowledge from one become 40. Amazing. But my knowledge from 100 become 101. Exactly. Because I also learn from my students what are their problems, what are their challenges, how they're facing it. That's also give me more. Yeah. So at the end of each training, I know more than how we started,
0: and that's why it's. Uh, it's a two-way it interaction. Expecting. Exactly. Um, and um, okay, so so you started to to give uh, as a as a as a professor and as a, as a teacher, you you started to give more and more uh, you know, t- coaching, training. Uh, you, you were as a. Um, as a professor, you became also more regular into the curriculum to a point where I, I might suggest that you cannot go back now anymore. Actually, so many
1: times I got asked to, to, to speak at uh, a webinar or something like this or to teach for, for entities, but I'm not interested anymore. Now I'm, uh, I'm working only with the biggest guys, with the biggest companies that's how I keep myself uh, to the top. Yeah. So I've done even some, uh, some training for, uh, for master students of the American University of the Emirates. And uh, I mean, when you reach that level, uh, I'm not so keen anymore to do the, the training for the little training company based somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, unless there is maybe sometimes some big potential. For example, uh, the training that I've done in Amman uh, that was in Jordan was for, uh, for a group. Uh, that I never worked with before, but was covering absolutely the biggest clients of Jordan. For me, it was interesting. and I got uh, people from the from Arab Bank, from Capital Bank, uh, from large pharmaceutical company in Jordan. That was also something interesting that uh, enriched me to to meet again one more culture. Yeah. Now I know that there are many Jordanians in Dubai. I don't need to go to Jordan to meet them, but again to to see them in their own uh, in their own country, it's also it was interesting
0: you you want to be triggered you want you want that new experience even even in the in something static like uh, maintaining
1: the 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 corridor of digital marketing yeah then uh, always uh, edging here and there
0: yeah so so do you see yourself teaching for for many more years
1: i don't know i mean i always keep uh, my agenda mostly for my agency because that's when I have the big clients and the big time and uh, the, the big uh, the big money. But at the same time, I mean, I, I like to, to give back uh, with the training. Sometimes some of the training are not easy, are a little bit tough, because uh, sometimes at least twice per year, I have a session of five days. Five days in a row to wow. do the training and not doing anything else. It's uh, it's a little bit tough. Yeah, But uh, I mean, this is something that I like.
0: Yeah and it keeps you sharp huh and i notice
1: every every few months uh, i notice that the average level of uh, students they are higher i mean many years ago they were zero total zero total zero level now they know somehow something even they want to know a lot more but they really have some idea that's uh that's good just to see how how the average level increase uh, year after year okay
0: and okay so we talked about your your startup and then it became established company, where where companies like Coca-Cola come to you now. We talked about your journey as a professor, as a teacher, and also as a speaker. Now you have also wrote a book. Yes, and you were very proud about By finishing way, uh, it. I have it. I have it in my car.
1: I will bring you later a okay. copy.
0: Yeah, how was that to write a book? Because I'm sure with everything that you start. Yeah, where to start? Yeah.
1: It was one of my tick box that one day I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Then I realized that, okay, I'll, uh, I'll start. So let's do it. And uh, I, I prepare like a, an agenda, a list of topics, et cetera, et cetera, And I start writing, 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 writing. Actually, it took me three years and a half wow. to write that book. That and is uh, a long time. And then uh, when it was finished, the book was never perfect. Because you always try to adjust it a little A little tweak here, a little tweak there. Maybe this, maybe that, and again, was like uh, having a baby that was never perfect. I didn't want to publish it. But then I realized, OK, now it's time to move on. Uh, and, uh, but I couldn't figure out uh, the perfect title, the perfect cover, etc., etc. So and I, I realized that one of my old uh, friend, he was also helping authors to publish a book. His name is Mustafa Hamwi. And that's why I, I contact him back and I say, you come in a perfect moment because I have my own system, my own things, my own team, et cetera, et cetera. And then in a matter of few weeks, boom, everything was finished. Ready and then uh, okay and then we publish the book. Uh, he, he also has a publishing label uh, from Australia that is his own uh, company that he's using to publish the books. He liked the like my idea, my concept, etc. And uh, and that's it. And then you finally, did it. It was ready. Yeah. yeah. And then I start of course getting invited in many conferences to 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 promote the book uh, to sign the book. Audience, etc. How was that? Was, uh, to was put your autograph
0: in a book and say here.
1: No, it was not so exciting. I mean, yes, it's exciting, no, but, it, but it, uh, it's a nice feeling. But compared to all of the other achievements that I've done, uh, yeah, that was relatively easy.
0: Honestly, but it, did you not feel a little bit strange, to, like to put your autograph in, and then the people want to collect a book with an autograph, yeah. and that's and you say, hey, this is my book. Yeah, yeah. I remember that a few years back, I was at a conference
1: and uh, and I met few. And I got their book, so they signed the book, etc., etc. And I realized when uh, th- when I was at the opposite side, yeah. when the other guys that were coming to me to get the book signed, that is when I realized that again that was uh,
0: an interesting moment, an interesting achievement of uh, of
1: my life, of my career.
0: Excellent. So, what is next? What are you working on? If you can share, what what is the, the next exciting thing for the coming period? That now it's
1: about two uh, things, fintech and DeFi. Fintech, like with the, the neo bank uh, Jingle Pay that's, uh, that, I'm, uh, that we're building, that's going to be a very big thing because you know that the world needs a much uh, faster banking system than the traditional banks. And you cannot change a traditional bank into fintech just overnight. You need to build one from scratch. And the second thing, so with DeFi, I'm also involved in a, in a very big project uh, with Basically, tokenization of carbon credit. That's a big thing because uh, I think sometimes at my kids, one is six years old, one is seven years old, how are we going to leave the, the world to them?
0: Yes. What kind of
1: world are we going to leave them? And that's what I realize that I need to be involved more into something for that's going to leave our kids in a better place tomorrow. And that's why I, I figured out uh, that there was a team uh, building this project and I jump in uh, and uh, helping them, of course, from the digital marketing point of view to make it successful to launch a project that's going to make sure that uh, the carbon credit uh, can be easily associated uh, and sold and both uh, from the larger organization and even from every human being, because in, uh, in many countries of Europe, uh, it's, uh, it's normal to say, look, if I, if I have this lifestyle or I buy these things and I create so much carbon, I need to offset yeah. the carbon that I produce with some negative carbon. And how can we do it? Because uh, uh, this team secure massive amount of land, like 500,000 uh, acres in, um, in Africa, exactly with the purpose of offsetting carbon in uh, other country where, uh, where the carbon is produced. So that's, I think that it's a, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic and, uh, project to, to work it. on. And, uh, so keep posted because uh, yes. I'm gonna show more, hopefully in a few weeks. When uh, we're already in a, in a good situation but hopefully in a few weeks I can, uh, I'm going to be able to give you more
0: I want you to succeed uh, it was so great Professor Christian Farley, to come here and share your life story your experience and the new projects that you're working on it was my pleasure hosting you thank you so much well,
1: welcome Simon pleasure to see you again and uh, even more to share with your audience uh, a lot of stuff hoping that uh, some of them are going to Be enlightened a little bit by by this session.
0: Absolutely, wonderful. Thank you. See you soon.